Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm back from uh, my entire one-week vacation that I promised that I was going to take. Today, we are going to be talking about the upcoming second leg of the UEFA Champions League against Chelsea. And to do that, we are going back to our sister Chelsea blog, We Ain't Got No History. And we are joined today by one of their contributors. Uh, he's a Twitter dynamo, I would have to say. <laughs> probably, probably one of the better uh, Chelsea Twitter accounts out there. Uh, we're joined by Andre Carlisle. Andre, how are you doing on this uh, fine, fine day today? I think I'm doing about as well as I can be, given gestures at everything. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It's, it's, it's a great time to be alive and on social media. Um, it's beautiful it's utterly beautiful (laughs) it was a great it was a great time at least for nwsl and all of that i know you're very involved in that it was uh it was a great thing to uh it was great to watch at least being an american and a lover of women's soccer oh yeah absolutely i'm i'm so i was so scared before the tournament and after the tournament i'm so excited and want them to do another one so i think oh yeah they were extremely successful (laughs) yeah yeah what did i see in terms of like numbers for ratings the uh was it the first game or was it the final that's like been the second highest rated soccer game in the United States so far yeah, this year? It, it, yeah, it was the final. Um, the NWSL kind of broke their own kind of internal records with the um, with the opening match. But then the final really, I mean, the more people watched that than I think the only other match that was watched more was Manchester United and Leicester City. And that was a, you know, top four battle. So mm. you kind of get that. They even outdrew Chelsea Liverpool, which was very, very, very shocking for me to see, um, even though Pulisic didn't start. Um, still, that's that's kind of a massive, massive win for them. And I'm really excited because, you know, you put women's games on TV, people will watch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm from I'm from Northeast Connecticut. I've said it before on the podcast. I grew up with the main success in sport in my life being UConn women's basketball. And <laughs> yep. if, you, if you get exposed to women's sports and you watch it enough, you grow to really appreciate how fantastic female athletes are and how much work they put in into their everyday lives. But True. we're getting slightly off topic for good reasons, <laughs> for good reasons. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, m- we're going to mostly talk about Chelsea uh, previewing the opposition, if you will. Um, we're going to talk about how your season went out. Uh, two important first seasons for two uh, figures at this club. And then your current and potential future summer transfer window business. And then go in depth more into the game. So to start off, the restart for the Premier League started a couple months ago. Uh, Chelsea came out. They were able to finish uh, in a pretty good position. But from your perspective, how did your season end? Uh the, the total season was interesting. I'll put, I'll put it that way. There were some really high moments. There were some really low and unfortunate moments. And honestly, they kind of repeated that um, just in the Project Restart version of, of, of things as well. June, July was wild. I mean, they started off uh, winning winning their first couple matches. I mean, one was Aston Villa. Easy. <laughs> I shouldn't say easy win, but, you know, it, it was still 2-1. So it wasn't the easiest win, but it was an expected win. I'll put it that way. Uh, and then an unexpected win when they beat Manchester City two to one. Then things got weird as they do with Chelsea, and <laughs> they lost to West Ham. Uh, they had a weird three two uh, that they won over Crystal Palace, but just barely got wrecked by Sheffield United. Had that wild five three versus Liverpool, so it was very strange. And and they kind of saved their calmest. I'll say calmest because that's really the adjective I really want to use <laughs> for for their season. Uh, 
to highlight because we didn't have too many call matches. Uh, but mm-hmm. their final uh, Premier League match against Wolves 2-0, it felt comfortable, which was weird. But I appreciated it because I had had enough heart attacks at that point. You slowed down uh, Raul Jimenez, which is uh, is an accomplishment in and of itself. Uh, it, it really is, and I didn't expect it. So uh, another thing, I always appreciate when the team surprises me in a good way. In a very good <laughs> way. We always like the good surprises. The last time we talked about the Champions League and about this fixture, uh, Chelsea had a long list of injuries, and so did Bayern. Bayern have slowly gotten a couple of those pieces back. Uh, earlier today, there was a... Uh, a fixture against Olympique uh, Marseille, and Nicolas Sula finally came back. He seems to have recovered slowly and carefully for this injury. I don't know necessarily if he's going to be playing for this Champions League game, but it's it's positive, at least for us. We've also had uh, Luca Hernandez come back. How has that been for you guys? Have you gotten some of your players back from injuries? Yeah, we have. Um, you know, the the break was for obviously awful reasons, but for some players healing up, it was it was pretty good. Um, especially because our our you know the transfer ban still had a pretty big impact, uh, and so our our starting you know squad was pretty pretty thin. Um, so the, the players had to play a lot. Um, so Angolo Conte is probably the biggest one. Uh, he got fit. Uh, he wasn't you know before uh, the restart, uh, and so. We got him. We got Ruben Loftus-Cheek some time to finally, you know, kind of get recovered from his Achilles injury. Uh, and so he's been starting a few matches or at least getting into matches. I can't remember if we started a couple or not. But, um, yeah, we, we've actually done fairly well on the injury front and should be fine by then. Um, Ruben will be out for the FA Cup final, but Conte is expected to be fit. Um, so it just Matt, it just depends on how we get through this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, we hope we hope at least that uh, that Conte might not play against us. But that's 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 <laughs> it's it's always it's opponents. always helpful yeah. having world class midfielders <laughs> out for a game. But then again, Ingolo Conte's game is just so good. I don't want him to ever go away. I yeah. love watching him. As I mentioned, there are two major first seasons. One we're going to start off with your manager, Frank Lampard. Yeah. Some Chelsea fans may have heard of him before. Uh, club legend came back. Interesting expectations from him after he did some pretty good things at Derby County, and then he came back to the club that it seemed like he was destined to manage and that he was <laughs> always going to manage. Uh, how did that necessarily go from your perspective? Uh, I'm going to be honest, and, and some Chelsea fans will probably get upset with me for this, but honestly, it was it was a toss-up. It was a bit up and down. Um, I think if you look at the key highlights and you say into an FA Cup final, great. Uh, finish top four, great. Uh, you can hold on to those things and say Lampard did an amazing job. I think you can also look at it from the other perspective and say 66 points, not great. <laughs> We're pretty fortunate that that's got us fourth place uh, in the league. And you can also look at 54 goals allowed, which is a massive number. Um, that's that's wild. And obviously, that's not all him. Uh, we do have a bit of a goalkeeper problem. Uh, but, you know, the, Lampard had some. So, for instance, in, in terms of tac- tactics and things that he does, he has some na- naivete that he has to kind of work out of his out of his game. So even in the restart, you saw it kind of surface. They went three, three at the back against Liverpool um, uh, or against Manchester United first. And won that match. Kind of surprised them. That was kind of their tough opponent to get through. He didn't. He never beat them. I think that was their fourth chance, and they finally beat them. 
Uh, and then the next match against Liverpool, he sticks with it, which is so weird because you just concede midfield to a team that will just knock it around <laughs> and eventually free up one of their fullbacks for one of those killer balls that they put in against every other team. Yeah, I mean, they have a serious, like, it's hard to stop them, but you know what they're going to do. Uh, and for some reason, he he didn't step up to that. Um, and also, just, you know, talking about N'Golo Kante, He's got, like, a manager has to protect him. I know that Conte's game is he runs all over the place. He's everywhere. It's a trademark. But it doesn't mean it's easy to do. And it doesn't mean that it's something that should be relied on consistently as your defensive game plan. But it seemed like Lampard did, especially in the restart. He played him 90 minutes every three days until basically pulled a hamstring. So you just have to take care of your players a bit better. And and even though the squad's thin... Jorginho's not great. You can do some things with the lineup uh, to change to get some extra defensive cover, and he kind of didn't do that. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm I like the style that he's implemented, but I am concerned um, if he doesn't kind of learn from some of these mistakes because they seem to be easily correctable. Is correctable a word? Easily corrected. Yeah, yeah you can say easily. <laughs> okay, easily correctable. Uh, I, that felt weird uh, coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it just depends on if he's going to, and I hope he does, because I I obviously like him. I'm a, I'm a Chelsea fan after all. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I didn't really love. Uh, I don't love when Angelo Conte gets hurt. That, no, that I, makes he's an angel. It hurts my heart. Yeah. No, I don't know. I remember <laughs> when I first heard that Frank Lampard was going to get hired to Chelsea, and I thought that it was. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was a weird move because not because Lampard to Chelsea is something that I wouldn't ever consider, but I guess now would be more of a big question, right? Because the man yeah. only had one season at Darby County. It wasn't a case where he even promoted Darby County. He just did a pretty decent job and then came into one of the six largest clubs in the Premier League. I, I didn't, it didn't seem to track for me. I think that it seemed a little bit too early almost kind of like what Barcelona is trying to do with bringing Xavi in as their head coach when he hasn't yeah. really coached a similar side or even brought success to such a big side so do you, I I think that he's just going to need a little bit more time but were you at least impressed for that regard for what he brought in for his first season after only managing Derby County. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and I agree, but the thing to remember with that is that Chelsea was in a very strange place. You know, the year before they had the blow up with Antonio Conte. That wasn't great. Uh, sorry. ends up going one season there and then begging to go back to Italy. So he goes to Juventus. And so, okay, fine. They were going to lose Eden Hazard gone. They had a transfer ban gone. That was not an attractive job by any means. Basically, if they're going to bring anybody in, it was really going to be somebody who was kind of looking at being a lame duck. So instead, they kind of went with a club legend, <laughs> smooth things over, uh, see if his excitement, his enthusiasm, his connection to the club can do something. And it did. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't I, I my expectations were fairly low. I always kind of before the season, I kind of joked like as long as we're still in the Premier League in 2020, 2021, <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, and so by that measure, he got us top four and that was great. But aside from all the performances, I like the system he's trying to build. I don't know if he, quote unquote, should be a manager of a top side, especially one that wants to, you know, that has aspirations to challenge Liverpool and Manchester City and go far into the Champions League next season. I don't really know where his credentials are for that. 
we'll find out because I don't think they're going to let him go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they shouldn't, given what he's done. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I think I'm ready to see what he does next, how he grows, um, how he adjusts to his first season uh, at a big club, because it is a massive job and it did kind of come out of nowhere, but they really didn't have any other choice. I guess I'm also kind of surprised because you hired Frank Lampard when you already had a manager in <laughs> Kepa Aritza Balaga, um, <laughs> which I mean, he's been yeah. kind of disappointing in goal, right? Kind of. To the point where you're bringing on Willy Caballero, I would say it's pretty yeah. disappointing, especially especially in the fact that how how much did you guys pay for him a from Bilbao? Like, yeah, was lot. it in the was... seventy to eighty yeah. million euro range? Like, that's yeah. a lot. Yes, yes, that's a, a lot for a guy <laughs> that doesn't have nearly as good a save percentage as Claudio Bravo, or is like in the same region as Claudio Bravo, that's kind of, I'd, I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified in goal if I'm, yeah. being, if I'm being honest. That's kind of how I see us with Manuel Neuer in a couple of years. Bayern, Bayern's got like two really, really good like youth prospects, but for some reason they're not going to try to send them on loan anywhere. And if they don't give them that top flight time, I'm afraid that that's just, that's where we're going to go. But uh, that's for that's for a podcast two to three years down the line and not for right now. <laughs> what is for right now is the success of a certain young American in the form of Christian Pulisic. He's yeah. been phenomenal for Chelsea this year. This guy, this guy's been <laughs> great. He's really been good. Right. Like I remember I remember just thinking and talking to uh, to a couple of soccer writers and they were saying like how scared they were about trying to keep a large amount of pressure on a christian pulisic and how it might not pan out in the way that we americans hope for do you think he's panned out the way we hope in at least in the u.s performing as well as he has been for chelsea oh absolutely um i think he he was always going to be an exciting player because you didn't really know what he's what we were going to get um and, you know, you never really know how players make the transition to the Premier League, even though it no longer has quite that, you know, rough and tumble physical, you know, moniker anymore uh, or brand anymore. Um, it's still a pretty physical league. There's still some some great athletes in the league and there's still some times when you get knocked on your butt uh, <laughs> quite a bit. And yeah. he's a pretty slender fella. So it was interesting to see how he was going to adapt and he adapted well. Turns out that being able to dribble very well is important. Turns out that uh, getting in interesting spaces in, in, in and around the box is also important. And those are skills that he has in abundance. And once he kind of got used to the speed and flow of the Premier League, uh, and we really saw that in the restart. I mean, he it, it was so weird because his he kind of had a had an interesting in and out of the lineup, you know, kind of kind of season before things were suspended. And Lampard kind of did that tough love thing where, you know, you kind of bury him on the bench. Sometimes he's not even in the 18 and you're thinking, what is going on? And then he comes back and responds. Caveat, I always wonder if that actually is a good tactic or whether you just kind of waste a, a player who could be helping your team <laughs> by playing mind games. But whatever, he did it. Um, yeah. And in the restart, he was their main goal chance creator. He he scored all, he scored four goals. He had two assists in just yeah. June and July. It was absurd. Yeah, going from the Cinderella stepmother approach to like ignoring, 
and even like doubting whether or not the kid exists to like <laughs> relying on him off of the bench, which I want to get onto that as well. There's been a lot of debate whether or not Polisic should just automatically be inserted into the starting lineup or if he should stay on the bench. I personally think that if all of his success has been from coming off the bench, then maybe you bring him on as a 45th minute sub in every game that you play until he like shows consistency in that starting lineup. Like say somebody goes down and they really need to go to Pulisic, which wouldn't probably be the worst thing in the world considering you have an aging Willian and you're starting front three for right now. I think in the future, bringing him on to the starting lineup would be great. But for now, all of his all of his luck is coming from the bench. So what's your thought, having watched him more frequently than the average American who doesn't watch the Premier League? <laughs> um, honestly, I, I, I have the other I have the opposing view. I think he should be starting. Um, he's our most. He, I'll say he is our most unpredictable player. We know what William's going to do. William's going to do what William always does. Um, we know what Pedro's going to do. Um, Hudson Odoi hasn't really done well. He's, you know, their academy kid who signed a big contract. He's good, um, but we don't really know. Like, he, you can't rely on him, and you don't really know how effective he's going to be. When he's gotten chances, he's looked good, and he's also looked awful. So you don't really, you know, you can't really bank on that. When Pulisic gets in the game, just because of how he finds space and how he uses it, we don't have another player like him, uh, especially from the, uh, across that attack. And I think that even though he is a lot quicker than I thought he was, you know, I always knew he was fast at Dortmund. I didn't know he would look this, as fast in the Premier League, but he has. It's shocking, um, isn't it? It really is wild. I mean, sometimes you see a ball and you're like, oh, he overhit it. And then like three steps later, he's on to it. And I'm like, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, he's ex- he's incredibly quick. And getting him running against tired legs is an important prospect. Like, that that is exciting. But I think I would rather have him trying to probe defense from the get-go. Um, because he can assess a situation and get into a space that a club, that a team might not be expecting. And that's how he creates most of his chances and most of the chances for the team. So I want him starting from the get go. <laughs> Perhaps when we get, you know, more players in, we can see uh, what the best approach is. But for the remainder of this season, I, I think you, we don't we don't create anywhere near the chances that we do when he's not on the pitch. Let's touch let's touch on that point next, right? You've got Pulisic on your on your attack, but you also have players like Olivier Giroud, you've got Pedro, you've got Willian, and I think even you could admit that they haven't really been as productive now or as quick as they have been in the last couple of years. But <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Uh but this summer, I think all of that's going to change, right? Especially when you bring in Hakim Ziyech from Ajax, and of course when you bring in Timo Werner from RB Leipzig. That's going to be a deadly front four. Like I'm, I'm incredibly jealous of what that front four is going to look like. It's, I imagine it will be some combination of Ziyech on the right wing, Pulisic on the left, with Timo Werner as like a 10 or a false 9, because that's really where he supplies a lot of his power behind a, another striker. Yeah. And if you've got ta- Tammy Abraham at that 9, that's going to be really, really, really tough to contend with. <laughs> so, yeah, um, 
I'm excited about it as well, as you might, as you might, <laughs> as you might imagine. Um, yeah, that, that lineup, I've thought about it. And, and to be completely honest, um, I, I'm not an online FIFA player, but I play FIFA and do like career mode stuff. Yeah, I'll, so do yeah, I. Have, I've already got them. I've already got them. <laughs> I already transferred them on to Chelsea, and we've been killing it. Um, yeah. That front four is absurd. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about Werner. I think and I hope that Lampard is, is going to dust off some of those classic 4-4-2s with the big man, small man situation. I really think that combination of what Tammy does, which is weird. He looks like he's seven feet tall, but he doesn't win <laughs> as many headers as he should, no. which is something he has to work on. It's very weird. He, like, jumps and ducks. Or he tries to chest the ball and acts like his head doesn't exist. So it's very strange. But uh, anyway, he'll figure it out. He's young. Yeah, he's got I time. hope. He's yeah. Got time. But uh, yeah, thinking of, of him kind of either holding up the ball or he's a slick passer as well. He has these little flicks and touches about his game. He's got a little flair about his game that is nice. Um, just thinking about Werner being able to run and receive through balls from any one of those players uh, across that line really makes me excited. So I'm almost like I don't care about the rest of this season. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see what the what the actual squad looks like right now. Yeah, you'd be you'd be fine with just getting knocked out of the of the Champions League right now in order to be able to just get to the next season and to get Timo training with everybody. You know, that's a really interesting point. Like if you told me right now I could I could fast forward to, you know, the new the new Premier League season with all with all the players we brought in. Or if I would want some crazy comeback versus Bayern, I would probably choose starting the season because <laughs> even if we beat Bayern, there's no there's no guarantee we're going to win the Champions League. And I, it would have to be a final for me to be like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's really going to be tough for either of us that goes through. Right. I mean, I think I think our most likely matchup is whoever wins Barcelona versus Napoli and. I don't know if I would necessarily want one or the other because, of course, Barcelona's been really, really bad recently, it's but it's also messy, <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to. The last time, uh, the last time Lionel Messi played against Bayern Munich, Jerome Boateng's ankles were stolen <laughs> and they've never been recovered again. So I don't want to revisit. Oh that. God, I, I'm uh, the 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 gif of that, and I say gif. Sorry, hard G. Like it's stuck in my brain. As soon as you mentioned it, now I just see it looping, and I'm <laughs> just over and over again. Especially, especially not necessarily the one of him just falling, but it's the one with the uh, with the GTA Five yeah, like stop with wasted on it. That's 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 the key one. Um, but before we actually get into that part of the game, you guys still might get some business in the summer uh we're obviously out of the race for him but kai havertz might still go to chelsea or just leave leverkusen this summer do you think that you're going to a need him or b actually go out and get the deal done <laughs> need is an interesting word because <laughs> I, I, we we have a lot of needs we mentioned kappa before um uh, we need another goalkeeper um we probably need a left back we need cover for conte but want do I want to see Havertz with 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 Tammy Abraham, Werner, Pulisic, uh, Pulisic and Ziyech? Absolutely. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and so, yeah, I absolutely would love to see that. I, I don't quite know um, if Chelsea's finances work out to be able to, to pay the asking price that they want right now and still be able to take care of, you know, another goalkeeper, which I think is going to be like that honestly should be priority. Mm-hmm. Um 
and and get a left back. I'm not sure if they can do all three of those things. But if they can do two of those things and one of those things is Havertz, then yes, please. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> Roman's got money, but I doubt he's got, like, that level of money to, like, be able to get all three of those. Like, what, that would have to be somewhere in the $200 million range. Yeah. If, you, if you're well, going out and actually getting Havertz, I think that would be $200 million-ish. Yeah, and to be honest, they have the money. The question is whether financial fair play exists and whether they want to actually go financial fair how much play they want died. to go to the red. <laughs> financial fair play died a couple weeks ago when they decided that Manchester City could be able to play in the Champions League. Agreed. Ass, assholes. Um, so let's actually go into the reason why we're here. Let's talk about this game coming up next week. Yeah. Uh, down 3-0 is never a great place to be. Sucks. Down 3 nothing on away goals is also not the best place to be. But you're playing away. You're playing at the Allianz Arena. Yep. Most of your team has gotten back to health. Um, do you? What's your confidence level coming into this game? Do you think Chelsea might be able to pull out a result here? No. Um, I think they can... I think the game in isolation may be interesting. Um, I, I think... Uh, I saw that well, Bayern's playing a couple friendlies to make sure that they're staying in in uh, in match shape, uh, match fitness. So um, I, I think that you know with Chelsea having the the final against Arsenal in the FA Cup uh, on Saturday, there's a chance. You know, as long as people come, everybody comes out of that healthy, it'll be great that they win. Obviously, beating Arsenal is always fun. Um, but you know, I think there's a chance where that team you know can go there and have a good showing against Bayern can they turn that entire tie around that's to me that's asking too much you know it's it it have to be a, a repeat of that you know 2012 written in the stars situation and I just don't see it with this club and honestly I kind of think that most Chelsea fans and maybe even the club is thinking you know go out there have a good show a good account of yourself have some fun and let's get ready for 2020 you know, yeah. why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, I, I will say, I'm, I'm sounding like I'm, I'm being a, a bit too much of a downer. I think it's going to be a great match. A bit, a little I bit of a downer. Think, yeah, I just don't think the result is going to get Chelsea through. <laughs> but I think it'll be a great match. It should be fun. Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. I, I don't necessarily know about that. Just, just <laughs> so I think, I think if this game was at Stamford Bridge it would be a completely different story. Like if Byron won three, nothing at the Allianz and then the second leg was at Stanford bridge, it would be a completely different story. But if they're up three, nothing, and then they go into the Allianz where I believe the last time they lost was to a Real Madrid team that, or no, no, we lost to Liverpool. Fucking Liverpool. Um, why did I, I, like, I, I, I like seeing the, the process of you just, Reminding yourself of that and then getting angry. About I don't it. want great. to remind myself <laughs> about it, right? I don't hate Liverpool. I love Jurgen Klopp probably more than even my own manager, but just <laughs> I don't know how you go at Anfield and win nil nil, or win, I really do mean win nil nil because <laughs> yeah, I, at that time like, that's a win. Yes. But then you go home and you just shit the bed three one. I don't I don't understand how that happens, but uh. Scoreline prediction. I'll start with you. Who, what do you What do you think we're going to see out of Chelsea? 
You know, I I I would hope for a for a little a little fun morale boosting two one maybe you know Pulisic gets a goal early gets everybody excited about the match you know see what happens but then I think there's probably a slog in the middle where nothing happens I think Bayern probably gets a goal and that kind of ends everybody's hopes but then Chelsea ends up scoring again you know sometime after the 80th minute and there you go everybody goes home and has a good time yeah <laughs> that's kind of honestly- what I'm assuming. Yeah, I think it, I'm going to agree with the scoreline. I really do think it's going to be 2-1. I think it could be 2-1 either way. Yeah. I think uh, I do think Chelsea's probably going to go out there and score first. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be Pulisic. Be um, but I think either Bayern's going to level it back and then Chelsea's going to win, or Chelsea's going to start things off and then they're just going to... They're gonna pound into. Uh, they're gonna pound that uh, front line up. Lewandowski is gonna come out and he's gonna be angry that he can't win the Ballon d'Or because France football is <laughs> a bunch of cowards. But um, but yeah, I think two one is a decent scoreline. Hopefully he's had enough time to get over it because I don't want to face him angry. I would not. <laughs> I would not appreciate that. I wouldn't. So I wouldn't want him to take it out on Chelsea. Like I yeah, want him to stay angry all the way through to the final, and yeah. then use that over time. We're That's, just an innocent bystander. We're not gonna. We're, I mean, give us a little bit of a break. Like, let us have our little moral victory, our two-one. Don't come out and destroy us, please. No hat tricks. No four-five-nil. We don't need that. <laughs> we're in a vulnerable place right now. <laughs> can't promise that that's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> judging by how on form he's been uh, it, it could it could be the end of the entire world as we know and angry robert Lewandowski could just True end story. the entire universe but <laughs> that's gonna wrap it up for us here thank you very much for listening you can follow us on twitter at bavarian fb works you can follow me on twitter at jefferson fenner you can follow andre on twitter at not underscore carlisle and you can follow us for the greatest and latest German and Bayern soccer content on BavarianFootballWorks.com. So once again, thank you very much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else to get your quality audio content. And until next time, we will see you later. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>